Huh. We might have to dissect this a little bit. I'm curious. Who has a relationship like that? Well. Friends with benefits. With It's the... innuendo, Eric. Lovey-dovey yes. is not lovey-dovey. What does lovey-dovey mean? <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Good Thursday morning to you, July 6th. Final week of Summerfest is upon us. Final weekend, I should say. Eric Bilstad along with Michelle Richards and Brandon Snide. Welcome back, Brandon. Hi, Michelle. Nice to see everybody again. Good morning, Eric. Hello, hello. I trust the holiday went well for you, too. Yeah? Always busy. A lot of sun. Yeah. Long day. <laughs> good, good. I'm here. And Debbie, it's Thursday. Remember that? It is Thank Thursday you. Thank you. Today. Keep saying that. <laughs> a very unique week as we uh, get through it. And I did not hear any fireworks last night. I did not either. Thank God. So we might. there might be one day where they take a break. I just have a feeling it's going to fire back up here again (laughs) before we get through the weekend. Uh, Lots to get to. So one word that you're going to hear a lot of today, not necessarily only on this show, but just across the board, if you're plugged in, threads. That is the word you're going to hear a lot of today. Threads, which is the new Twitter. So this is Meta's version of Twitter. So Meta owns Facebook. Threads is connected to Instagram. It's the new Twitter. It's exactly the same. There's a couple of tweaks. I jumped on it yesterday to, to give it a look-see, to give it a, you know, just a quick drive, if you will, a quick spin. Posted a post, and then just Watts says, people told me how great Threads was. Like, that's what all the influencers are on there. Oh, my gosh, this, this new social media site is fantastic. We uh-huh. should all be using this instead of Twitter. Hey, one thing to remember, if you are interested in Threads, um, it's connected to Instagram, and you can't delete it. Unless you delete Instagram. So you got to make sure you're reading the fine print on some of these apps before you jump on board. So you can't delete the app unless you unless delete You can't Instagram? delete your account unless you also delete Instagram. Your account will remain in place. So it's finally launched there. It seems, it seems very similar to Twitter. Obviously, right now is the time to pounce if you're Facebook. Just seeing where uh, Twitter is right now. It's a little rocky at the moment. There's been some... Uh, some rough patches for Elon Musk as he's tried to take that over and make some money with Twitter. So we'll see where it goes. But right now it seems like it's a, it's a logical fit. I guess the problem I have with it is that everything, why does everything have to be Facebook owned? Like I swear Zuckerberg steals everything. Well, he started that though, right? Didn't he just create it or did he buy it from someone else? Um, well, he created it, but it's Twitter. <laughs> it's well, the exact yeah, same app. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, that's a great question, Debbie. I do not know if, it, you know, some of the, some of the work was taken from a different company that he may have purchased, but he's done this before. That's what he does. I so do know. you just use your Instagram login? Yeah. So it automatically oh, okay. does it. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you have to have whatever your Instagram user account is, it'll automatically go right to that. So that makes it convenient. And then you can follow everyone you already follow on Instagram, which is easy. I still can't figure out Instagram. I'm, I'm with you, Brandon. I'm, I'm not completely sold on Instagram, although I'm learning a little bit more, but it's like a little bit frustrating because it has to be a picture or a video. Way too complex for me. Yeah. The picture? Everything. <laughs> you name it, Eric. <laughs> you know what wasn't complex? That game last oh, night in the ninth inning. Brandon's got a next in sports. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. A brutal night to be a Brewers fan after taking the lead in the seventh inning off a Willie Adamas home run. Devin Williams entered the ninth inning with a 3-1 to lead. But thanks to a couple of soft hits and a throwing error, the Cubs came crawling back at American Family Field. Bouncer hit wide of third, but gobbled up by Anderson. He throws in the dirt, and another run is going to score. And they've got the runner in a rundown now, and he's going to be called out for running out of the baseline, but not before the lead run in the game has scored. Bob Euchre on the call here on WTMJ as Brian Anderson's throw goes in the dirt and the Cubs would take the 4-3 to lead and they would hold on, defeating the Brewers in yet again frustrating fashion. I mean, they, they you know, found, found grass with two two hits uh, that were not well hit. Um, and then, uh, you know, Talkman had a good at-bat. I mean, you give him credit for having a nice at-bat and following off some pitches and put a ball in play and then we made a defensive mistake and that was it. Following the 4-3 loss, the Brewers will look for the series split later this afternoon against the Chicago Cubs. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 12.35. Freddie Peralta expected to get the start for the Brew Crew. Over to the NBA, as Sham Sharania of The Athletic reported on Wednesday that the Milwaukee Bucks two-time MVP Giannis Adenokounmpo had a procedure done on his bothersome left knee, according to his head coach Adrian Griffin, though. All is good with the Greek freak. Well, you know, yes, he, he had a routine surgery on his left knee, and it, it went great. Uh, everything went as planned, and we expect him back uh, ready to go in training camp. Shams also reporting that Giannis is uncertain for Greece's FIBA World Cup play later this summer. Brandon, you know I love those stories about someone just being at the right place at the right time in a certain area to save someone else's life. Well, there's a theme to that, to the Brewers and the Cubs today. I'll bring you that story. (laughs) Interesting. Next. Pretty neat story today at AmFam Field. Uh, The person or persons throwing out the first pitch will be a man named Tom Schrader and a Cubs fan named Jim Saletta. Why would a Cubs fan be throwing out the first pitch today at American Family Field? That's because Jim saved Tom's life. So Tom Schrader, lifelong Brewers fan, he's 72 years old. At the time, he was 58 back in July of 2008 when he lost consciousness. I had gone with my sister uh, a night or two before that, but that day uh, I went by myself um, and went to the game. And following the game, I was going back to the my car and collapsed. Yes, that's Tom there. He says he collapsed following a Brewers-Cubs game at Ben Miller Park. That's when someone else found him in the parking lot. I was uh, found by some people, uh, including Jim Salata, who is the fire chief from Huntley, Illinois, and he uh, and uh, a nurse from Milwaukee, Jason Steele, a nurse from Madison area. They were able to turn me over and see that I was turning blue and needed some CPR. Jim Salata started doing the uh, mouth-to-mouth breathing, and... Um, Jason helped with the uh, chest compressions, and we were able to get the bell ambulance there and got me to um, my heart going again and ended up in St. Luke's Hospital, had a quadruple bypass. I love these stories when the right person just happens to be in the right place at the right time. And in this case, it was a Cubs fan named Jim Saletta 
who then was able to save Tom's life. Tom uh, found out, obviously, he had the bypass. He's doing much better now. He's healthy. He's appreciative for life, and he spends every year spending time with Tom and Jim together. The next year, um, we had agreed that we were going to go and meet at Miller Park for a Brewer Cup game, and um, that's when I actually met him and uh, gave him a big hug, and I said, you saved my life. You're my hero. Isn't that great? I love those kinds of stories where it just kind of worked out perfectly. And, yeah, you know what? Even though he's a Cubs fan, he's okay. I'm so thankful for life. I'm so thankful for the second chances that I've been given. Um, I would have missed so much in life had had that been uh, the day that I did not make it, had I not had the heroes around me. So we really want to thank the the heroes every day that uh, are out saving people's lives. Yeah. So right now they're going to be at the uh, at the um, the game this afternoon. They're going to throw out the first pitch. They do this every year where they go to either Wrigley or they go to Amfam Field and spend the day together. And uh, they've been on the field at Wrigley. They're going to be on the field today, and they just get to spend time together appreciating life. It's uh, a get-together once a year for a Brewer Cup game and uh, uh, just celebrating together. Life. <laughs> so how good did it feel to text him after game 163 to celebrate the Brewers' victory over the Cubs? <laughs> well, it was good. He's happy for, for, for me whenever the, the Brewers win, and I'm happy for him when the Cubs win. But we're always happier when our own team wins. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, right? So, Michelle, you were in the newsroom when I was cutting up this interview, and you could hear it in his voice how much he just, like, seemed to be at peace with life. So even Tom, I'm willing to bet this morning, after that rough loss last night, is feeling good in his own skin. Right? Well, and just the gratitude that you feel for getting a second chance. I mean, yeah. you, he, he just sounds like a lovely person. So he's so excited to be still here. He's he's would have missed a lot, he says. His daughter's been married since then. She has had twins. His son has a son. So he's gotten grandchildren now. And he says he's just happy to be alive and going to the game this afternoon. We're all looking forward to celebrating together this 15-year milestone. And uh, for many of them, they'll be meeting Jim for the first time. So that's going to be exciting. So you can also confirm that there is at least one Cubs fan who is not insufferable? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is one, one that I know is not insufferable. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to Tom and Jim. Pretty cool to see a, a, well, well, actually see a, a Cubs fan throwing out the first pitch today at Ampham Field, but it's acceptable this time. Yes. How does that work, two people with one pitch? Oh, they all both stand out there together throughout the first pitch. One does it at a time, or they okay. do it at the same time. Sometimes they'll line them up and change it up sometimes. I'll just have to watch. <laughs> yeah, maybe you have to go to the game, Michelle. <laughs> the last weekend of the big gig starts tonight along the Summerfest grounds at Summerfest, of course. It is the final weekend. Here are some of your headliners tonight. But I don't Rockers, the War on Drugs, headline the Uline Warehouse stage at 9.30. Christian music singer-songwriter Lauren Daigle headlines the BMO Pavilion at 9.30. English Renaissance man Youngblood brings his musical talents to the Generac Power stage at 9.30. Ain't always right. Yeah, that's my girl in the passenger seat. 
country artist Dylan Scott headlining the Miller Light Oasis stage at 10.15. And Madison's very own Young Gravy returns to the big gig for his second headlining show at the festival. He plays the American Family Amphitheater at 7.30. I think he wings it the second time, changes up the set list. That's Mike Spaulding with the preview. Thank you, Mike. So AJR was supposed to play, uh, and there are been that you're aware of. You listen to more than just the Avid Brothers. I know that, yeah. Michelle Richard. Um, so AJR was supposed to play, but they canceled because of their father passing away. Is that right? Well, they first canceled because the father was sick, and then okay. just a couple days ago, we learned that the father passed away yeah. tragically. Yeah, and they had originally were going to open for the Dave Matthews Band. Is that right? Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. That's yes. right. Thank you. They all yes. blur together. So. And Jimmy Buffett canceled for tonight. That's right. So then AJR was going to headline instead, and I jumped on that, thinking, "Hey, I'll take my kids to their first concert ever." Yeah. yeah. And it was it was disappointing. You know, obviously my condolences to AJR. Of course, of I mean, course. my goodness, that's horrible. But like, it it took a lot of work to get my kids on board. My oldest, especially, <laughs> she just has anxiety about weird things. Like, sure, what if okay. I don't like it? What if it's too loud? What if? What if? What if? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of crowds. Um, but then she was she was finally on board, and we were excited. And I bought the tickets, and like three hours later. I got an alert on my phone that the tickets were changed. Yep. Not even an email saying what happened. Just the tickets were gone. I'm like, yep. what? Yeah. That's an unfortunate situation, especially, too, when you're trying to fill some spots there and you only have so many different bands to work with. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. But the uh, Summerfest gig rolls on for three more days starting tonight. Actually, starting at noon, I should say. 544 Wisconsin's Morning News rolls on. Much more on the cocaine in the White House before we get to 6 o'clock. But first, sports. The Brewers let one go. Let one get away. Brandon Snyder's got it in sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The I-94 rivalry wrote another chapter on Wednesday night as Mike Talkman doubled in two runs and scored in a three-run ninth inning off Brewers All-Star closer Devin Williams as the Chicago Cubs rallied to beat the Brewers by a final score of 4-3 to three on Wednesday night. Line to left, and it's going to drop. Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ. A crushing defeat for the crew, but if there was a bright spot, it was Adrian Hauser who threw five innings of work and allowing only one run and just six hits. You know, I thought, you know, Adrian just, he threw, he threw some balls and he had more swing and miss than he usually has, which is good. Um, I thought he was really good. His fastball was really good. Um, so just a little different. Freddie Peralta will look to help split the series later today against those Cubs. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 12.35. From the Diamond to the NBA as the in-season tournament for the league is starting to take shape. The final four of the NBA's new in-season tournament will take place on December 7th and December 9th in Las Vegas. Full details on the competition, including those groupings, will be unveiled Saturday night in Las Vegas on ESPN's NBA Today. Staying within the NBA, the Bucs two-time MVP Giannis Adanacumpo had a cleanup procedure two weeks ago on his left knee. But don't worry, Bucs fans, don't hit that panic button just yet. Head coach Adrian Griffin assuring things went all good for the Greek Freak. Well, you know, yes, he, he had a routine 
surgery on his left knee, and it, it went great. Uh, everything went as planned, and we expect him back uh, ready to go in training camp. Sham Sharani of The Athletic is also reporting that Giannis is uncertain for Greece's FIBA World Cup play later this summer. Back to that Brewers game this afternoon at AmFam Field. You will see a Brewers fan and a Cubs fan throwing out the first pitches today. That is Tom Schrader, a Brewers fan, and Jim Saletta, a longtime fire chief from Illinois who's a Cubs fan, Jim Saletta saved Tom's life outside a then Miller Park 15 years ago, and now they're friends and they go to games every year. And today they're celebrating life by throwing out the first pitch. So pretty neat moment. 548. So what's with the Coke at the White House? That story next. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is back Monday. Eric Bilstead here along with Michelle Richards. Brandon Snide's got sports. Debbie Lau's got on the roads. And thanks to Pancake Greg Hill for keeping us on track today and tomorrow. Uh, so the Secret Service now investigating, scanning all the surveillance video at the White House, trying to figure out who brought the cocaine. Who brought the cocaine into the White House? They found it on Sunday. The bag was discovered on the ground floor in a common area near the entry to the West Wing, not far from the Situation Room. It was close to a set of storage cubbies where visitors leave their cell phones during a tour. The Secret Service is leading the investigation, looking at visitor logs and camera surveillance. There are camera systems that they'll go back as a part of this investigation and research. Not every camera is trained on everybody at every minute. So it almost sounds like if there's putting cell phones in this little area, this cubby area where tours may go, and these aren't just random public tours, we'll get to that, but like people who are welcomed in to go through some of these areas, also media, by the way, in some of these spots, it could potentially be someone taking a cell phone out and popping out of their pocket. But this is after you're going through security. You know who's got to be so frustrated with all this? The press secretary. She's got to be like, oh, Come on. It's a 4th of July holiday weekend. Do we really have to have a cocaine bag found? Marine Jump here, the press secretary, she was deferring most questions to the Secret Service or at least punting by saying that there is an ongoing investigation right now. She says that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this. And after being pushed a bit, she did finally say that, yes, the president thinks it's incredibly important to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> well, if the president uh, has any idea whether or not there's video, he should be pushing really hard for that video to be released if there is anything that shows who may have had the bag. Because, unfortunately, his son, who has been an addict, is in the crosshairs. A lot of accusations thrown at his son for the belief that he had left this bag there. There's nothing to indicate that. I, we don't haven't heard anything like that yet. But so what is this? How do you get to this point? And Karen Travers from ABC, uh, who you just heard there, discusses a little bit about how this area goes and who walks through this area. You go through airport-like security. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of questions of, like, was this even a visitor? Was this somebody that was on staff, somebody who was already in the complex? I mean, there's custodial staff that's here. There's maintenance staff. Uh, mm. They had a big event on the South Lawn for the 4th of July fireworks. A lot of people who've been around the area over the last couple of days. And, I, you know, we were speculating yesterday, and clearly we're just speculating and all that, but, like, some of those jobs there... I mean, those are 24-hour jobs. I mean, there are times when some staff live at the White House because of you know just the, the work and the expectation and whatnot. So the idea of cocaine showing up actually doesn't really shock me. 
Uh, I just can't believe it got through security. Like that well, surprises me. Are there dogs sniffing during security checks, or are Apparently you just walking not. through there will be now. an airplane type, you know, thing? Because feasibly, a baggie of cocaine could be very small, and maybe it's just tucked in your pocket, and you wouldn't see it or notice. Right, and I and you're right. You know, that might sound funny to hear you say that, Michelle. But like, there are people that carry it. I mean, there are people that it's a fairly normal thing for them to have Coke on them. Again, I'm not justifying anything. I'm just suggesting that, like, to think that this would be a huge deal for someone to have some in their pocket. It's really not, unfortunately, for some people. Now, who is in this area? They talked about tours and whatnot. A little bit more detail from Karen on what that is. There are visitors, not just people from the general public. You can't just show up at the gate and be like, I'd like to go see the West Wing. But there are visitors who can take tours of this part of the West Wing after business hours. And these tours happen on the weekends. Staffers with their blue badges walking around with friends, grandma, you know, maybe their neighbors. And they get that like special privilege where they can take somebody in. Yeah. So if you have the ability and the opportunity to work at the White House, there are opportunities for you to bring people in so was it someone like that you know so there's a lot of a lot of at play here i guess the thing that we can all root for is i god i hope there's video i hope there's video of this thing getting dropped somewhere inadvertently because someone pulled a cell phone out or something and just that and then because if you if you leave it up to mystery and speculation then that's that's when it's going to get really bad 557 Business Headlines now, sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. It's Sean Ryan from the Milwaukee Business Journal. We Energies sells 200 acres at its former Pleasant Prairie power plant to a Nevada developer. That land will become three new industrial buildings with a combined 2.2 million square feet. Milwaukee's Royal Capital Group seeks approval for a $300 million redevelopment of a Northwest Side YMCA campus that would create 1,145 homes and apartments. Milwaukee organizations pick three local developers, including two minority-owned firms, to build 45 affordable homes for child care workers. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.